1: 14, 36, and 42 at Norwalk Havoc. This is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind BattleBots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, our interview with the hottest new builder on the block, Chris DeSico. And we've got that special treat joining us on the podcast today. (laughs) We'll wrap up our show.
0: Wait, wait! I don't even know why I wrote that. Um, Here,
2: (laughs) we're leaving it in
0: because that's
2: a hot treat. (laughs) No, leave it in. This not that's not going away. Okay, no, 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 no. no.
0: Nicole hates us enough already. We're
1: going. Lindsay, no, we're going to wrap up the show with
0: no. Nicole, Nicole hates us enough already. Okay, let's try and give her a nice clean cut. Okay.
1: This is a beautiful cut.
0: This is awful, Chris. It was great
1: until you made it weird, Luke. You you just had to make it weird, Luke. I'm ready to just keep going with this thing. I think the people need to see how the sausage
2: gets made. Sausage.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll
3: wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Castbox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots, and tell a friend, we really appreciate your support.
0: Time for this week's Combat Robotics news. I have four news items for you today. First up, BattleBots builders again to come top prizes at November Norwalk Havoc. In the three-pound weight class, Madcatter driver Calvin Eba went undefeated with his punishing little beetleweight, Lynx, winning seven matches in a row and taking home a golden dumpster. In the 12-pound sportsman's class, Sable's captain Jameson Goh dusted off Tuscan Raider, which similarly went undefeated, winning bragging rights and good feelings. In the 12-pound full combat division, Sable's team member Lucy Du, and her driver, Ribot Captain David Jin took home first place after a closer than they'd like finish against the foamy multi-bot rip and tear. And finally, in the 30-pound weight class, Slapbox builder Dominic Yankaskis took home yet another Golden Dumpster with his Tombstone S horizontal spinner TryHard, winner of the most destructive award at Motorama 2019. All eyes now turn to Norwalk Havoc 2021 Finals, which will be held next month on Saturday, December 18th. Chris, Kyle, Lindsay, and I will be broadcasting live from the Finals, so mark your calendars and tune in to say hi. Speaking of the live event circuit, it seemed like every other BattleBots captain who didn't compete at Norwalk Havoc this weekend instead headed to Orlando, Florida to compete at Robot Ruckus, held at Maker Faire Orlando. In the heavyweight sportsmen's division, Big Deal Captain Emmanuel Carrillo came in first with a yellow painted version of his bot, renamed Banana Runt. Extinguisher came in second, while Slamo came in third. Photos from the event, which we would have absolutely gone to if we weren't spending the weekend in Connecticut, showed BattleBots builders competing with their sportsman's class heavyweights and driving supercharged electric go-karts in the Power Racing series. Let's head now to Wisconsin, where Hydra Captain Jake Ewart has finally posted video of his bot's vertical spinning attachment, which he uses to yeet a 600-pound bundle of logs in the air. Raising the question, is this just a very expensive prank by the Ewarts? I guess we'll never know. And finally, more than 40 BattleBots teams have banded together to build this season's ultimate memorabilia package, a nearly complete set of team poker chips for a very affordable price. The group launched a Kickstarter page on Monday in hopes of raising at least $10,000. I managed to snag an early supporters package in the opening minutes of the campaign, buying a complete set of 60 team poker chips for just $60 plus shipping. Proceeds from the campaign will be split among the participating teams. Look for the link in this week's show notes or find it on our Facebook page. And that is it for this week's news.
1: After the break, our interview with me!
2: This interview is brought to you by Just Cuz Robotics and friend of the pod, Seth Schaefer. Seth has competed in BattleBots with Bloodsport and in Season 6 with Retrograde. His goal is to make it easier for new builders to get involved in combat robotics through guides and tutorials, and now custom products. If you're interested in learning more, check out his website at JustCauseRobotics.com. That's
0: JustCuzRobotics.com. This week on the podcast, we have a very special returning guest, Behind the Bots co-host, and my brother-in-law, Chris DeSico, fresh off his first combat robotics competition ever. On Saturday, Chris competed at Norwalk Havoc with his very ambitious new 30-pound robot Darkseid, which ended up going 3-2 and, and potentially stamping his ticket to the Invitation only Finals in Norwalk next month. Joining us on the show too is most of Chris's pit crew, Dave, Johnny, and Jackson. We're looking forward to getting a complete download on the experience in the hour ahead. So welcome to the show, Chris and team.
1: I'll just I'll just say this right off the bat. Uh, I am also a member of the pit crew and it's actually Dark Side that is calling the shots.
0: Oh, good. All right, are you going to wheel up that uh, that mangled robot from the uh, the basement? Is it going to start taking questions, Chris?
1: It is. Uh, it's currently sitting in the middle of my living room, and uh, it is covered with uh, razor-sharp titanium tears. Uh, so I really, i got to be very careful about bringing it down to the basement uh, so that I don't eviscerate myself.
4: It's also available on eBay for $1.99 plus shipping.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. your price gouging. Yeah, it's not even worth that. Okay, good. Um so, uh, I, you know, like, like a lot of these interviews, I, 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 actually am very interested in starting at the beginning, you know, can you take me back to when you first fell in love with robotics, kind of when you first fell in love with BattleBots, you know, um, can you share the story with, uh, with the fans of Darkseid, the many, many fans of Darkseid?
1: So we've, we've been, uh, we've been doing this podcast for a few years now. There was the, um, <clears throat> there was the you know the 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 resurfacing of the combat robotics scene ever since ABC kind of readopted it several years ago. We even had uh you know a, a thriving combat robotics scene uh in the Comedy Central era, but I I couldn't I couldn't have better uh uh guests on the podcast today to really talk about where this all came from than my family right here. Uh, you know, so I would actually kind of turn this over to uh, my my cousin Johnny and cousin Dave, who were like my older brothers when I was growing up. And they, uh, you know, they introduced me to uh, using my imagination and building things and, and 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 figuring out how to how to have fun with, uh, you know, making weird things move and fight. <laughs> and, you know, what it means to stick uh, the flat bricks of Legos together. So I'd love to turn it over to them.
5: That's, that's sweet. That's to me encompasses everything that we do here and why we do it. And um, we, we were playing a sport back then that did not exist. You could watch baseball and football on TV, but there was no uh, robots fighting each other. There was no uh, building a car and smashing it. And um, to involve our family, I know for me, um, our cousin, Kevin, who is no longer with us, who is, went on to uh go to a technology school and be involved in that world he was a huge lego fan and he would teach me different things about legos when i was young and to me that's where it began and um dave and i would get together on weekends and we'd say like let's 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 make lego cars and thrust them down the tile hallway at each other and make them smash head on. And who's would held up the best, right? It would always be like your knuckles were bloodied at the end because if the cars missed, they would rip into your hand. And um, we'd make little rules like, like Dave will always bring yes. up about flat bricks made it like impossible to beat. We'd make rules like the, the driver had to see yes. through some sort of window or smash hole. Up, or smash the Up Derby was
4: born. If the driver fell out, you lost. And you're allowed to press once. You're allowed to press in between rounds to squeeze it down. But then one day Johnny showed up with a bot that was made of nothing but flat bricks. It would not only destroy my bot in one swoop, it would break Aunt Susie's drywall. So we made the rule from that point: three layers only. The driver must see, and one squeeze in between rounds. And what's funny
5: is you guys on the on your show have said sometimes, like, if, if you build a bot that makes somebody change the rules, you know you did a good job. And what Dave's referring to was that exact thing that we would do. And then as time would go by, um, you know, Chris started getting uh, involved with us, and we would now move on to, like, motors and metal, and we would go to these local um, – surplus places and buy all sorts of cheap things and, and come home and wire them up and get batteries and, and and try to make something that like, we didn't even know how we'd ever use a remote control or just being on and off. But we just knew we loved it. We didn't know why. And um, years later, here we are. And I guess there were other people out there like us and, and lots of it. And as I've met through you guys, some of the builders, they all kind of had similar experiences where they were doing these strange things in their homes and stuff that later met other people and it's taken off to where it is today. It's, it's an amazing thing,
1: I distinctly remember one of my one of my earliest memories of us kind of hanging out and playing and, and, and making was we went to P T Surplus, uh, which is a that surplus store here in Kingston, which you know, kind of capitalized on the dying industry in our area, and they just had every every kind of wire and motor and, you know, just scrap that you could imagine. And I I picked up, um, it was like a small brushed motor uh, and a little battery housing, a little bit of red and black wire. And we went back to your house, Johnny, and the very first time that I had ever played this game where you kind of run the bots into each other, but... I used a rubber band and a pulley to essentially make a driving car that couldn't steer. It couldn't do anything. But you know what? Now we didn't have to throw them at each other. (laughs) Uh, And we just had these two cars that you'd kind of point them at each other. And that was that was the fight. And this must have been 1991, 1992, somewhere in there. Um,
5: It was uh, it was not sooner because a few years later, Lego came out with that toy. And it was one of the first times that I said, they're listening to us. And there's been like 50 times since then that whether it's Lego (laughs) or other related companies come out with these things that were like, we did that five years ago. And now they're selling it for this much money. And uh, like, ah.
4: What's amazing is it's it's 30 years later and we're still making stuff we can't steer.
5: (laughs) Dave
1: invented the shake weight in the '90s. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got to keep the tone. So, I so I'm curious. I mean, so like BattleBots, um, <clears throat> you know, appeared in the late '90s, early 2000s. Chris and I, we were in high school at the time. I have no idea how old uh, you are, Johnny and Dave. I'm assuming you were in your early 40s. Um, but uh,
4: late, late, late 30s, Luke.
0: Good, <laughs> good, good. Um, yeah. So, do you think that do you think that if you lived on the West Coast, you would have signed up for BattleBots? Like, you know, because I feel like it's very much within your interests. You know, like, are you basically? Do 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 you think do you think that you would have you would have appeared on the show, if it was in your backyard, if it happened in New York City instead?
4: I can jump in because my answer is going to be quick. I honestly fell into this be, not because of the love for the BattleBots or the robots. It was fun chinking around my family. I absolutely enjoyed going to my cousin Chris's basement and we looked at this pile of tubes and a bunch of wires. And we're going to make something out of this. And then even at the competition this weekend, and if for people who watched it, that thing looked like it was slaughtered beyond repair after one shot. But to go back with my cousin John Jackson, my cousin Jason who's on, and to go back and say, we're going to fix this thing. And then we're not just going to fix it. We're going to make it better. And to bring that thing back for another round and to bring it back for a win. That to me was what was rewarding about this whole thing. That to me, that's what I take away. So I don't know if I would have been on this, but if John answers next, I would have been doing it. And he said, Dave, any help? I would have been there in a second. But to me, it was just that experience of being there with my family doing some fun stuff together.
0: Good. So now we've established that uh, one of our guests, Dave, hates BattleBots, would definitely have not done it. But uh, you guys talked him into it. That's great.
1: Mm-hmm. And just to, to not label. To not label our family anymore, I will just mention that, yes, our, our cousin Jason is not with us uh, tonight uh, for the yeah. recording because he is out in a shed in his backyard making mash for uh, his own homemade moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be on the Discovery Channel. But he will be on uh, the Discovery Channel sometime soon.
0: Hopefully making moonshine. I mean, listen, Jason's smarter than all of us, you know, so, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um... Yeah, how about how about you, Johnny? I mean, were were you a big BattleBots fan? Like when when it was on Comedy Central and like kind of the original run? Do you think that you would have built a robot if if you had the the opportunity?
5: What's amazing is I I, I go back to my father used to turn on um, these these MIT shows and WPI whatever technology schools were back in like the the eighties. And they, they were robots that would you know put tennis balls into a um corner of a ring. That was the robot competition then. They weren't fighting each other, it's very similar to what they're still doing in like high schools up today, and um so I saw that. I saw what Chris was speaking of of like the, the real beginning of of fighting robots, which was predating this modern era of battle bots, um, you know, right on through and, and watching them all and, and building it. But, um, I don't, if it wasn't for like, if it wasn't for Chris being like, I want to build a robot and, and, and enter it. I don't know that like, um, I would have, I would have done it even if it was in my backyard, you know, I'm, I'm someone where it's like, if I'm not running the thing or, or, or you know, have some stake in it that I don't know if I'm going to get involved or not. And I'm so glad that I I got brought into this and, and was shown how anybody can do this. You know, we, we, you know, some of us come from this background a little bit, but at the same time, we're no engineers and, and you know, technology people that do this constantly every day. We just We just built something that was remote controllable and moves. Any kid can do this anywhere. And when you get there and you see this, the way it's set up, I mean, Jackson, who loves this stuff, was also a little bit hesitant to do it. He said to me after we got home, now that I know what it's like, he's like the pressure's off and he wants to do more of it. But I also, I think like Dave, you know, I don't. I don't know that I would have had the the drive and stuff without Chris pretty much telling us that we had to do it and we had no choice. <laughs> he
4: did. He did tell us there was going to be free Pringles at the arena, which was a big driver for me, and that definitely worked out well. But I, Johnny brought up a good point. I think the big X factor in this whole thing is on this screen, which is Jackson. This kid is passionate, and I mean, you guys are the best of the best. But when it comes to knowledge. There's probably not many people out there who knows more about these builders personally and about their bots than Jackson does. I mean, just his passion was what drove me this weekend. Seeing him know these people, know what they're about. I mean, you know, you're meeting your heroes. Yeah. And he's going to be someone's hero one day when he's kicking ass one day. So
5: 10 people Saturday, he wished they were his real father and not me. (laughs) (laughs) Which is ironic because of the saying on our robot, you know?
0: (laughs) All ten of those people were Ray Billings. <laughs> uh, Jackson, I'm. I'm. I actually I want to just kind of skip a couple of these questions that I have for Chris um, and ask you, what was your experience like? I know that you went to Norwalk Havoc before, and now when you've come back a couple years later, it's very different. Um, how How was the weekend for you? Your Your thoughts.
6: It was nothing of what I had even closely expected. At my, at my first Norwalk, um, I think I was only 10 then. And I get there and I, like, I'm like, i there for a minute and I see, holy cow, blood sport, the entire heavyweight is just sitting in the back room. It, it's just sitting there. And I, I stare at this thing. I, I'm amazed. And then I go around and I'm like, I just followed around these builders that I'd seen on TV for hours on end bugging them of course but now i get there and i'm the person who's crazily trying to fix this robot that's all torn apart and getting titanium stuck in my hands and then a kid's coming up to me and he's asking me questions about the rope on and that experience was amazing for me
0: that's so cool you know what? Um, I would say like that is worth the entire thing. You know, like I I love that that you had that experience. Um, and that uh, you know, Chris and your dad and your, I guess what 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 are you, Dave? Are you like a a second uncle? Like what 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 is this? It's you
4: know, Bill Jackson, dirty Uncle Dave, but. <laughs> To me, he, you know, it's just I've enjoyed everything about because Jackson, once again, he just, you know, he reminds me so much of the way me and Johnny were I grew up into the same stuff and just having a great time. And just once again, just the passion for when he gets into something, he has a passion and he just doesn't let go. And it's amazing to watch and just seeing him go up to these people. And, yeah. and, and FYI, if Jameson goes watching, we will get his wallet back to him. Jackson should not have taken that from his table, but we will get back to him, we promise. <laughs> <laughs> weird
5: for other kids out there it's like imagine you go to a baseball game and you end up in the batters box and your favorite pitcher is pitching to you and maybe you strike out but maybe next time you get a you get a walk or you get a hit you're you're you're, you're getting to compete with your heroes there is, there is nothing in this world out there for a child that's like that. And they're so happy to see you and meet you and talk to you. I mean, you can't even connect it to anything else like this. It's-
1: yeah. And, 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 and I'll, I'll even build on that. Imagine you're that kid who just left the batter's box and now you're standing at the plate. You got the bat in your hand and there's your hero up in the mound. In baseball, the hero doesn't walk down off the mound and walk over to you and show you what's the proper way to hold the bat, right? They don't tell you how to improve your swing. This happens there. You know, the the I can't I I'll, I'll rattle off the list of people that helped us maybe a little bit later in in the interview, but I I could not believe from the night before that we showed up the amount of people that help roll up their sleeves and get this thing across the starting line. Uh it was it was phenomenal the way the community like just uh, took to us and and helped us get this thing ready, and like seeing Jackson experience that the whole time and having him understand and see that it's accessible, and even me like we've hosted how many of those things now and like to actually be back there and see that other side of the coin it was that was wild and now I understand like this is a band aid I should have pulled off years ago, um, but. You know, it's just one of those things that it's like unless you convince yourself to do it or someone convinces you to do it, you might you might avoid it. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, let's go back a couple of years, you know, to the kind of first inception of this idea that became Darkseid's weapon. You know, the flywheel hammer. Wait, you said
4: two years. How about go back two months, Luke?
0: Now, I, I've been hearing Chris talking about this flywheel <laughs> hammer since literally when, when we were when we were at 50 Day Street, you know, crowded around this box. And Chris was kind of whispering so other people didn't hear because uh, he.
5: We made a mock-up of it. We made a mock-up of yeah. it in the machine shop in Norwalk's Havoc's yeah. old building yep. And, yep. and presented it to uh, Jonathan Schultz John, from Jonathan from you.
0: Yeah. From Chris, uh, you know, briefly explain what this looked like for people who didn't catch it. Um, what was the weapon? Why was it so interesting?
1: So the weapon is modeled after a um, a 19th century uh, flywheel hammer that was used to drive in stakes for circus tents. Um and, uh, and cabling for, like, bridges and stuff. Uh, basically, it just replaces eight people with sledgehammers, right? It's just a, a flywheel that has uh, a, a, a multitude of hinges on it, and those hinges, can you can attach uh, extension arms and hammers to those, and you just get that thing cranking, and by the time uh, you've landed enough hits to deplete all of its energy that's been stored up in the flywheel, you might have had several strikes um, uh, or more. And you can change the orientation of the flywheel so that it can go from a yeater to a stabber, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, you don't see a ton of hammers that uh, can can work both ways like that. And so I thought that that was, that was pretty interesting. And, you know, I've been kind of working around the concept of the weapon entirely. Everything else, believe it or not, on Dark Side, believe it or not, was um, kind of an afterthought, you know, around... <laughs> Around the weapon, right? That's
0: very surprising. How do we make something
1: really big and stable and that could take a hit around this weapon? And how do we keep this weapon up and away and safe? Uh, And then, you know, we we eventually kind of landed there after we we found some rather unique sponsors. And, you know, we we knew that it's important to go there with a cool aesthetic and, and to have something different because it's important, I think, to challenge the you know, the sport and show people that, you you know, you can, you can bring whatever you want. Right. And you can either be the type of builder who wants to take like the meta and perfect it. Like who can get closer to perfection on what is the best and who can break perfection so bad,
0: <laughs> who can right.
1: trash like perfection so bad that it's so bad it might work. Right. right. Because like, you know, everything is wrong until it becomes something new. And and then that's just, that's what people will gravitate towards, right? I, I, would, I would be so honored if other people tried to replicate the weapon. It's mine. <laughs> but I would be so honored if they tried to, re- it's mine. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's mine.
0: I actually think it's probably some long dead inventor from Victorian England. Okay. And you Good just... Point. That's a Stole some some poor inventor's idea. All right. Um, all right. Uh Chris. Chris, I I would love to hear the kind of uh abbreviated version of the build process. How many hours did this take? What did this involve? How many parts did you end up buying? Maybe total budget of dark side. Um who helped you along the way and at what stages? And uh, I guess, yeah, your, your reflections on the design and build process.
1: I, um, I am the type of person who uh, I, I don't like to plan too much ahead. That might be evident in, in you know, but hey, a lot of creatives don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm not organized. Uh, I uh, I'm sloppy. I um, I have one of those, uh, you know, Shops that are covered in, uh, you know, empty glasses and empty cans of Modelo and wires and sharp, you know, things everywhere. It's just it's it's a very dangerous and inhospitable place. Um,
0: but I've got a can of open chili that can just fall right onto your ESC.
1: No but no problem. You know, but I'm I'm kind of like impulsive when I when I build, and so like when I get an idea. I just, I grab it and I run with it as far as I can till that idea burns out. And then I have to decide, does this idea, is it worth changing? Is it worth revisiting? Is it worth throwing away? Um, so like I ended up probably acquiring enough stuff to build another robot that's entirely different. Uh, and I already know now the best learning experience could have been getting in, in, the, in the ring and seeing how the thing behaved. The very first time we drove it, was in the box during our first fight. That's wild. We we got it to fire up in in the test box because we had to pass safety, but like we weren't really able to drive around and see how well it drove or how it turned. We didn't really know how how long it would take for the weapon to power down or speed up or would it speed up again or what's going to happen after we make contact the first time. It wasn't until we were in the box, and you know we we really got to see what it what it was all about until you know, we got some of that data. And you know what, I think that was a huge learning experience. Already, like the next morning, all of us got together for breakfast and we were doing a debrief on like what worked well, what didn't work well, what could we improve on, what questions that we have to, that are still outstanding, right? And, you know, we we also built this, um, this strategic reserve of, of people that kind of worked with us and, and helped us get to the fight. And I'll, I'll just say a huge shout out to, uh, Casey and Casey Dramiason, uh, from rip and tear who helped us wire up all of those, um, those, those wheel, uh, uh, you know, uh, hubs that the night before, um, uh, Oh, uh, Brendan, uh, steel from Ramplan, without his brushed controllers, the bot wouldn't have moved at all because I only had, I brought like 15 different brushless control speed controllers and none of them would work with our with our um uh you know with our our brushed uh, hipster motors um uh jo- Henchman Josh from NHRL who helped us get uh, the vesque stuff work there was some other folks too from you know the NHRL community that helped us get the 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 VESC tool working and the um the firmware and everything updated on on the on the hub and then of course like Seth uh Seth schaefer uh, from Just Cause Robotics I don't even know what to say. He, he joined the team, uh, you know, days prior uh, just to offer advice. And then he came, you know, the evening of Friday and, you know, really kind of helped push us the, that last quarter mile. Um, and then, you know, of course, I I nothing would have been possible without the help from my family here who uh, joined me in, in the endeavor for the last few weeks leading up to uh, the, the competition where we actually started building it only a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was just a bunch of drawings on paper and a whole bunch of like boxes on my front doorstep like four weeks ago. Um, so it was, it took, it takes a village and then sometimes you got to raid another village and take villagers from that village. <laughs> and then you put them in your village.
4: And Chris, if I could jump in, that's not even truer. I mean, you obviously had you know split duties, but not only are the people you just named, but just speaking how great this community is. I mean, Johnny can, Johnny can say, I mean, there were things we needed. Johnny had to run around. He found batteries, connectors that were given to us by just people who we never met before that wanted to help us get this thing running. Um, you know, just people around us gave us things and gave us t- you know hints, but these were all people that say, take a battery, take this. I mean, goodness gracious, I mean, those guys in the back of that machine shop, we destroyed a saw cutting that titanium. But these were all people who are happy to help. It's just an amazing community of people that they, you know, even though it's all about, you know, it's a it's a competition sport, it's still a community. They were they said we want to get you guys, we want to get you guys we don't want you guys in the ring. We don't want a forfeit. We want you guys in that ring. We want the thing spinning. We want it lit up. What can we do to help? And it was just amazing. And like I said, Johnny probably like five, six different crews gave us parts to get that robot running.
6: Yeah.
3: I want to say, like, just watching. I want to shout out Seth again because he's like a very meticulous builder who put. I mean, he he put so much thought into like everything, and then he joined a team that was not meticulous.
1: (laughs) We we were occupying. We were occupying seven pit tables at one point, (laughs) and one
5: of them was just a nacho station. (laughs) We we had seven tables with a million different parts, but none of them work with our robot. (laughs) And I think somebody like Seth appreciated that craziness. And if they could do this, well, then anybody, I guess, could do anything. Because... It was just, just that kind of chaos.
0: Dark side definitely embodied kind of like that pure form of like garage builds, you know, early battle bots, um, which is really cool. Um, I'm going to ask one more question and then I'm going to...
4: Yes, Where are the Steve Jobs, Luke.
0: I'm going to ask one more question and, um, and then I'm going to turn it over to Kyle. Um, along the way, what advice did you get... What advice did you follow what advice did you not follow uh, I'm just curious about kind of like um, inputs along the the way
1: I, I know I, I mentioned this I think in in our last week's episode but we've we've had this opportunity to interview over a hundred builders in the last couple of years of doing this podcast We've gotten to pick some of the best brains in the sport uh, champions. Uh, you know, best rookies, you know, most destructive bots, showrunners, everybody from across the spectrum. And I got to take that vast wealth of knowledge and I got to throw it right in the trash can and just go down to my basement and make the the wonkiest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, and that was fun for me because I don't, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to necessarily emulate. Anyone, there's there's designs out there that are just they're great and they're going to work if you if you have the right parts and you have you know some of the right skills. Um, But I wanted to make sure that I had different parts and I know that I have different skills. So what can I do? Uh, Well, I'm gonna lean into my my charismatic nature and I'm gonna build something that has to try to steal the show because that's what I like to do. I have to build something that shows that yes, I've I've earned my nerd badge. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I, 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 just want people to have fun, right? I, I was expecting my bot to explode in the first match of Norwalk because, well, and it did, uh, but because I had no idea what was going to happen when anything hit this polycarbonate material. I had no idea. I I'd have seen that it, it, it gouges the box sometimes and, you know, if it gets hot enough, it can, it can melt. But like, I just wanted people to see it, you know, have a good laugh and then have, you know have something to root for that's and i i don't i don't want to sound shady at all but like that's not like a beater bar that's not you know like a, a tombstone clone that's not something that you know gets um gets reinvented and you know slightly modified you know every every couple of months so um you know that's that was my ethos and i i just wanted to make sure that whatever my approach was going to be to entering the sport, that it was going to be my own. And, and that's what I went for.
0: Interesting. Okay.
2: Kyle, take it away. Thank you. I will. So, Chris, you and Lindsay were the first people in the door on Friday, and you were definitely the last people out the door that night. Tell us about that Friday at Norwalk before all the chaos.
1: Uh, yeah, so we were waiting outside the door at 12 noon for them to open up so that we could claim our seven pit tables. (laughs) Um, We had all, yeah, I mean, face pressed up against the glass like zombies.
3: Literally, we were like, Chris was like, the doors are open. Just go in. I'm like trying every door. He's like, probably the door around the back. So we go around the back, still locked. I'm like, Like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. We're
1: unloading titanium from the back of a Subaru (laughs) Outback and, and leaning things against the door. But like, we knew that we needed every second because we had a bot that, had a functional weapon that we tested 36 hours before in in our basement by exploding a five gallon bucket which was awesome i don't i don't i think that might have been the moment that i peaked in life (laughs) because we were all there and we have been toiling over this thing for days and we can't get like a hub motor to work it's just it keeps like spazzing out we don't know much about right It was midnight. Jason had already left to go home and work on his moonshine.
5: I was hiding
1: behind the cover of your furnace,
5: (laughs) which I was using as a shield, and thank God I did. I
4: I (laughs) got fire foam in between me and the robot. That's it. And worse, that bucket was our bathroom in your basement. So from then on, we were screwed. We should have emptied it first. Uh, That's why it was so spectacular.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, Well, the stains will come out. But, you know, like 36 hours before we, we were in Norwalk, we had fired up the weapon for the first time ever. And we it, we exploded a bucket in the basement with only two a two hammer configuration. And it was like um, all this hard work paid off for something that nobody had even seen or, 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 or would see cuz we're just like we're just having fun in the basement. And I think that that was just as fun as when we got into the box and we we saw it spin up for the first time. It was just as fun as, you know, what it felt like to win our very first match as a team with with a bot that we built. That's that's awesome. And every single experience that I uncover that's new around this, it's just like you keep getting that same hit of of dopamine every single time. And so now now we just gotta know what it's like to win that golden dumpster. And um, that's that 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 might be uh that might be years away. That might be a month away, might be, but we'll see.
4: Hashtag dark side we'll december. See.
1: Dark side December. Oh
2: I, I
5: went into my I went into my business that next morning and, and you know one of my employees came up to me and was like you're not gonna believe it. We we landed the airport contract again for all the uh the, the sand and salt supplies like yeah 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 whatever. You gotta see what we did to this freaking five gallon pan. You're not
2: gonna even <laughs> <give a laughs> believe it. Look at that. <laughs>
0: right?
5: It, came, it changes everything.
2: Yeah. So um Chris, I kinda know your day of the event experience. I know you got there early, right? You got there right when they opened at what, seven thirty? Yep, um, And I know kind of what you were doing after the broadcast started, because for the most part, you were at the broadcast booth with us.
1: Yeah, it was that was a, a, a really difficult position um, to be in, like, because, you know, I want to I want to help. I want to you know, I want to be in the pit crew. And, you know, sometimes and especially in that one case after that big first hit that we took, I'm sure it was a herculean effort to get that bot rolling again and you know yet i'm up at the front desk you know throwing out puns um and so like it it was it was taxing and you know having to run back and forth and stuff but like i knew that the team um you know they they were they were committed and involved and you know with that community of support of knowledge you know around around them um you know we we got back out there sure there were some rookie mistakes, I believe you called it, Luke. Um, now we know it's important to charge controllers between fights. We know that it's important to use Loctite. It's important to use Loctite on your wheels so they don't just roll off in the, during your first fight. Now but we know these are all things that are now burned into my soul, and I know that the next time Dark Side goes rolling out, uh, those those wheels are going to be uh, uh, they're going to be Loctite. And, you know, that that controller is going to be bursting at the seams with electrical energy. Um, so, yeah, I, I I'll, I'll turn it over to the team. The team probably knows a little bit more about what some of the, the, the stories were
2: from uh, behind the curtain. Yeah. Day of experiences. Let's go ahead and talk to you guys about it. So Dave, what was what was your day of experience at the event? I
4: mean, you know, just getting there, not knowing what to expect because we were there the night before and it was pretty much empty. And then walking in there, me and Jackson walked in around, maybe seven, we had to get some coffee for the team. We walked in a little bit after John and Chris and just walking in there and seeing that place jumping, just full with people. It was a different experience from the night before. And we're literally building that thing up to the end. But there were people who were helping us around and and then we went out to the cage, which was you know, a little nerve wracking. That first thing, not knowing what to expect, safety protocols. I mean, for someone who's really hasn't watched a lot of this, it's, it was a new experience. But um, for me, that shot of adrenaline was, even though our robot got its butt handed to it, that was quite a shot of adrenaline, seeing that thing get shattered in half. But for me, it was just a credible experience taking that thing that where the crowd was ooh and all, like, this thing's never coming back and bringing it back and really quickly figuring out how do we rebuild this thing? And, you know, once again, you know, myself, Johnny Jackson, you know, know, some experience with certain tools, but we're not robotics guys, you know, Um, and then Jason has a lot of experience, but just figuring out really quickly, how do we build this thing back to where it was? And that, to me, that was a lot of fun just to do that. And then then also, too, just uh, the crowd was amazing. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I've watched some of this stuff previously, just some of the, you know, seeing, you know, checking out Luke and Chris doing their thing and Lindsay. But um, just seeing the crowd taking this thing and not just outside, but inside, just the builders, when they had a free second coming over, Hey, what can we do to help? And just kind of being curious about it, just, you know, getting a kick out of it. To me it was just a amazing scene, this type of thing where competitors are jumping in and just helping you out when they can. It was just a very different, probably any other sport out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about those fights day of, first of all, what was it like fighting liftoff squared so
1: I mean I I told I told you guys before we got to the to the match like we, we knew that we were facing a drum spinner because uh, we looked at the chart originally I guess some things moved around with some uh, you know the ebb and flow of people who have signed up or couldn't make it and so now all of a sudden you know I read uh, dark side versus uh, project liftoff squared <laughs> um, and I had, I can't, I don't remember how many times I've said on the live stream, Project Liftoff is probably one of the most devastating bots in the entire uh, NHRL uh, community. And now there's a bigger version of it, and our untested prototype robot has to fight it. Um, It was disheartening a little bit, but I knew that we we actually did have. a chance going into it um you know i we we knew that that type of bot is unstable we know that if we can off-center it that it might just do exactly what it did which was tumble and so my cousin jason uh you know he he supplied us with that thin sheet of titanium which we threw in the car just seeing hey. and then you know the cousins they 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 take they take over the shop and they're they're trying to cut titanium. <laughs> and That's like one of the things that like the people there were kind of like, ah, oh, you go do your thing. We're uh, we're gonna look the <laughs> other way while you
5: cut this titanium. Um, that, that is what it was because Chris says to us like, uh, just take this sheet back there and cut me two strips, six or seven inches wide. There'll be somebody there to help you. Right? So it's like, ah, oh, whatever. I grab Dave. We go back there. They set us up with an eight hundred dollars skill saw with a metal blade on it. And, you know, I've cut wood and stuff before, but what, all right, what the heck we get it? So we start cutting and, uh, you know, good Ed back there and he sees the sparks, he hears the noise, he instantly knows, is that titanium? Um, I, I, I guess it is. I, I don't like to Tell by the sparks it is. You probably just killed that saw. <laughs> and it was like, everybody was almost wanting to watch us. Like, nobody wanted to even go near this. This. It's like, what is this stuff, right? It's, is it uranium, titanium? Like what is that? That was our that that fight though. Even though we lost, is almost the one I'm most proud of because of that cheat yeah. of titanium and the fact that it was set up on our bot the way that it was flexing around them was just a luck of the draw, um, amazing thing. I I
1: was so proud of how that bot handled itself. We we corralled one of the most dangerous bots in the weight class um, the titanium just kind of enveloped the bot and allowed us to get a pin, right? And that's the way that you beat a bot like that is you pin them, right? Or, or you check them into a wall. And I, you know, I don't know how things would have worked out for them if, uh, if, if off of that rebound, uh, off of the house bot, you know, they didn't make their way specifically in that direction. They managed, they, uh, that was a, Kind of like a one in a in a hundred shot where they caught that corner just it was devastating. Um, but like had they missed us by a foot, what would have happened? We would have still had our titanium pin, we would have still had two functional wheels that were uh not glued on but were somehow hanging on. And, you know, if we if we were managed to, you know, pin them again or if the you know, we saw the bod burst into flames later in the day, who knows, like what could have happened. And, you know, we we could be you know in a, in a different spot but i don't want to get ahead of myself we the project liftoff squared is an incredible bot yes. it is so yeah. good it is it was so much better than our bot but we we took what we what tools we had and we took a little ingenuity and we changed our bot to be able to compete with project liftoff squared and i think that's the takeaway
4: and it's tough to tell from the it's tough to tell from the TV. When you watch that live and you're watching it on video, I mean that was an absolute spectacular knockout. I mean, that thing looked like that thing is not coming back. But when we actually pulled it out and brought it back to the table, other than a crack where this where the motor for the hammer separated from it from the piece of polycarbonate, that bot was 100 percent intact, minus the wheels, which we learned, as Chris said multiple times, we probably should put the screws in tighter and put a little bit of Loctite on there. And we probably should have made him out of you know out of uh, balsa wood and you know <laughs> insulation foam.
2: So you guys didn't get to fight Kronk. You didn't get to fight Starchild. Um, I know you talked to Brandon about possibly doing an exhibition match. Whatever happened with that?
1: Um, well, I mean, it's a gorgeous bot that probably costs a ton of money. And so I could understand why he probably wouldn't want to go to the pits and, and dial in whatever that belt issue they were having were. And, and then come back out just to potentially take a hit from a, a flying rock hammer, you know, for no reason. Um, you know, I um, I thought that it was just kind of a cool juxtaposition of these two bots. One is beautiful and pristine and, you know... There's so many like components uh, that kind of have to um, I mean, there's just great engineering behind it. And then there is a whole bunch of uh, lightsabers that are duct taped together with a spinning rock hammer improvised weapon. It's like it's that is that is like the light side and the dark side. Right. And I thought that that would just be a great match. And, you know, I'd throw it out. Uh, to to Star Child, if ever in the future you want to throw down after a, like maybe a, a long hard day at, at Norwalk, and we're both in in the shape where you know we're okay sacrificing the bots, let's just
2: do it. Yeah, absolutely. Bite Force Captain Paul Ventimiglia wants to know what was it like getting your first win? How nervous were you for the start of your very first match? Oh,
1: uh, I think we we we. Thank you for the question, Paul Vigilamonte. Um, you know, we, we covered a little bit about what that feeling is like to win, and what the feeling was even like to to defeat a bucket in our basement. There's there's no there's no comparing that to anything. Um, it's uh, it's it's just it's satisfying on a level that I don't know. Uh, building something, taking an idea from your head and then actually actually seeing it execute something that's that's awesome. Um, But how nervous was I for the start of the first match? My hands were shaking um, so, so bad. Uh, And, you know, I I didn't know if the weapon was going to keep working. We had no idea what would happen if we hit anything because we did destroy a bucket in our basement. But afterwards, it was a little difficult for us to get the thing working again. So I was like, uh, I think that they're going to probably take a hit a little bit better than a bucket. And then I don't know if our weapon's going to work. But... Once, like, we saw that Titanium, like, actually uh, kind of envelop uh, Project Off squared, and we got that first pin, and we held that pin, like, everything just got clear. And I was just like, oh, well, we just, you just got to slow down, you got to breathe, and you just got to drive the best you can, and you're there to have fun. And that's, that's when their bot ricocheted off of uh, the house bot and absolutely obliterated us. But I enjoyed it. I turned around at that moment um, that we saw the bot explode in the corner, and Dave had the funniest look on his face I had ever seen. And then I looked over at Johnny, who's doing his thing, where he's, like, looking out the top of his glasses, just like... (laughs) And uh, Jackson, he's got the weapon still, like... Like, he's just going. Like, let's do this. And... uh... (laughs) I mean, I'm still flipping the controllers like somehow Darkseid is just going to spring back to life and like like Stretch Armstrong, just kind of, you know, uh, hop back in the fight, which, you know, it, it might have if that one piece of polycarbonate didn't crack. Um, uh, you know, it was it was an indescribable feeling. The nerves melted away. Uh, you know, you'd still get nervous before every you know fight afterwards, but um, it was it's a great nervous. I would recommend it to everyone.
3: How did you guys celebrate together after that win?
5: Not that just, win against Jack. Uh, by by working for eight straight hours to try to rebuild the robot was the first thing. And probably even after that win, there was you know, it was just constant putting it back together, reworking it. You know, Chris would say I'm going to lunch when I get back, this better be done.
1: <laughs> You're not gonna like me if it's not done.
5: <laughs> we we took that seriously.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: But like you together as a team, when you beat Jack, like did you guys come together and like celebrate? Like what was that feeling like as a team?
6: Because all together you earned this.
1: We yeah. We jumped up and down and we all
0: hooked.
6: I remember it as we just we do that it, it was a crazy match because I start. I am pushing that weapon controller. Nothing is happening. The weapon is not spinning. We're about a minute into the match. They're pushing us all in a box, and all of a sudden, that weapon just kicks on. Yeah. And one hit, they just stop moving. And as soon as we begin to realize that and realize they're not moving anymore, I all four of us just went into one big hug.
5: <laughs> so I've been trying to get my child to hug me again since he was eight years old.
0: It's a ring
5: in the arena. To make it happen again but yeah the us we we just we we we
4: came together and it's like it was it was serious it was like mm. that was my single favorite moment of the event was you know that thing going out and at that point it's our third thing and the crowd for some reason has fallen in love with this robot for whatever reason and when that thing started spinning i feel like the crowd willed that thing to life because it was dead in the water yeah. and all of a sudden they're cheering and that thing just popped and that crowd went off and i think that's what's great about this sport, is, and that's what it's missing. Is you know, if you're not watching this live and going to see this or watching it on TV, it's amazing watching stuff. And that was just an incredible moment. And obviously, when that when they counted that 10, just oh, wow. We we met six weeks ago in Chris's basement. Now we're here with the working robot beating some geniuses. And we yeah. just took a win from these yeah. guys who've been doing this for a long time. And it was, it was something special.
5: That bot's got a mind of its own, almost like <laughs> it, it is a, another character because that weapon kicked on there yeah, and won that match. And then our last match, it also did not work the entire time until, like, all our wheels were gone. <laughs> and then it was like, all of a sudden, it's like, like, I keep having these fantasies of, like, imagine, like, they cut all our wheels off and we're done. The, the rep doesn't work. But then all of a sudden, like, we turned into like a Walker bot with like our legs moving, and the weapon kicked on, and we just went out and destroyed everything. Because that weapon all of a sudden turned on at the very end of that last match as well?
2: That sure did. Yeah. How, how does
5: that happen, and why?
1: Like, and, and we already know from the from the basement test that the robot
5: itself doesn't need wheels to move. No. If you fire up the weapon, you fire up the weapon. It makes its way towards something to destroy. Right. And whatever it hits, it destroys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so fellow Big Weapon fan, Dustin Eswine, who captains Deep Six on BattleBots, he wants to know, what's the biggest thing you learned about your design after seeing how it did in the competition? And what updates do you plan to make for next ver- the next version?
3: What a question.
2: Uh,
1: love the weapon. You know, this idea kicking that we kicked around for a long time you know, um, it, it was proven viable and it was validated and that, that is so awesome. I think that we, we, we can still do a little bit to, to, you know, um, make the, the, the weapon, uh, firing a little bit more, uh, reliable. We literally bought a couple of the cheapest hub motors. They were 24 volts, 150 Watts. Like they're meant for a mobility scooter for, you know, um, uh, for, for somebody who loves golden Corral. <laughs> and because I love golden brown, let's put. Uh, but anyway, like this is not supposed to to, to spin a flywheel, you know, hammer. Um, so that's like we do need to step that up. Obviously, I don't we don't know a ton about what it's going to take, you know, for for torque. How do you go from a two hammer configuration to a four hammer, six hammer, eight hammer configuration? Um, but I think that the most important thing that we're going to focus on is a, an all new uh, way to drive um, uh, locomotion for, for the bot, and uh, that, that is one of which that does not require wheels. You'd heard, you heard it here first.
4: And, and to put you guys, you're all minds at ease, we are gonna return those wheels, so that woman will be able to get back to Golden Corral very soon, we That's promise. That's good,
2: I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad. All right, so Corey Schweinhart has a pretty simple question. Uh, what made you choose eight-wheel drive? I bought I bought eight of the wrong motors.
6: <laughs> I, I think it was we tested and we, we, we didn't even test it. We just looked at this thing with these styrofoam wheels on it and we said to ourselves, there's no way this thing will stay balanced at all if we don't have eight wheels on it. And then we put eight wheels on and then we realized, okay... We put eight wheels on but only four touching the ground.
2: So the other four were just backups. I'll throw this out there. We're not CAD people, right? We uh,
1: we do a lot of this where you kind of stand back and you go.
5: That looks level. If if we were being interviewed, uh, you, you know, again, though, I think we could say, like, well, this was our thought. If somebody cuts off one of your wheels, wouldn't it be nice that you still had seven? And if they took <laughs> off another, you still have six, and so on and so forth, right? So it was like, from that point of view, maybe we should have had 64 because we'd still be going, this and we we would litter the box. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, those yeah. things would just yeah. pop off without any contact. Good point, Jack. They. They popped off if we were sitting still. And some of those if you <laughs> go back and look, you'll see whoop, the wheel just like it wants to like leave the bot before it gets destroyed with the rest of it. But then would become a problem, like in our last match where the wheel got sucked up into the weapon Nada. of WPIs. It stopped the weapon from working. And this they was could not po- compete next I, time around. I had a
1: Polyester, uh, uh, you know, from um... Uh, you know uh, team Ribot and 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 Lucy do uh, some of the best engineering and most reliable engineering that ever came from battle bots you know with Ribot a bot that takes so much punishment and just keeps on fighting and one of our dollar general <laughs> discount wheels that just fell off because we you know we probably didn't glue it on or something
4: Probably definitely
1: got sucked into that weapon. And I think that they were they were they were broken at the end of the at the end of the night. I don't think they fought again. I told them we planned that. It's a blade of wheels. We joked around about it during the. Uh, the four of those wheels weren't even hooked up to motors. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you you guess which four are powered? Right. Right. <laughs> Choose wisely. Yeah.
1: Um. So that that's how we that's how we ended up with an eight wheel drive. But I will say that um, (laughs) if if we if we come back in in December, which is a short turnaround, but I'd be I'd be enthusiastic about it. But if even if we have to just kind of reach retool some things for for 2022, um, you know, I think that we're 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 exploring options that are just as unconventional as the weapon. And it's, uh, you know. It's just about having fun and and experimenting with new stuff.
2: All right, so I have a two part question from Andre Cruz. Uh, he wants to know: first of all, was building a robot as hard as you thought it would be, or not as hard? It was not as hard as I thought it would be,
1: um, because you can you can you can have a mastery of electronics, of soldering, of you know you know, using CAD of materials, like you could have these strengths and everything, but guess what? You could have strengths in none of those and still make a bot, right? And I, you know, like I like we had said, we went to PT surplus and I got junk to make this thing, except for a couple of components, which were mainly the polycarbonate tubing, which we got from the custom saber shop, and our brackets that we got from you know our sponsor maker pipe. And everything else is pretty much junk. Um, and you know, I I'm not a welder. I'm not a. I don't I don't know how to solder very well. They looked they were so bad. My my soldering joints. Yeah, um,
5: uh, I our don't weight, Most of the weight on our bot, which made us go over, was because of all the solder. that <laughs> On there the
1: there shouldn't water. be that much. So- it could have also been the gorilla tape and duct tape. Um. But, you know, what was amazing was that all these things were in boxes and there was nothing but just literally some some sketches on on napkins and and on on just like pieces of paper. And that bot came in at 31 pounds after everything got thrown together on site. And that is not bad for amateurs just trying to pick things out from like reading what their weights are, their shipping weights are from stores online and like just giving things at P T surplus, like the lift test, like oh, I think this is about five pounds like this. This might work, you know, this might work and it did
2: do it. Have fun. Yeah. That's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. That's really good. Actually. That's really good. I love that. That, that was your methodology, not entered into like a weight calculator not just,
1: eh. You know, a lot of people and, you know, many builders have said this, that the perfect entry point is ant weight beetle weight for, for builders. Yeah. Um, I think that if you're just kind of like a hands-on person and like, you've played around with some electrical, you've played around with some shop tools and stuff, 30 pounds is legit because like, you don't have to be precise with anything. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you just have to keep it within the wheelhouse and you'll get there. You know, whereas, you know, in an in, in a, in a ant weight or a beetle weight, there's so much to consider about choosing which motors, choosing which batteries, choosing what kind of armor, what do you use as a weapon. And in 30 pounds, you could just be like, how much do you think these rock hammers weigh? How many do you think we could spin at a time? You think we could spin four of them? Let's try spinning four of them, you know, and that's that's literally how the weapon was born. So um, yeah, I would I would say that if you know you, you've heard the advice a hundred times that beta weights are a great entry point. I think I think honestly, a sportsman, 12 pounder or a 30 pounder, great entry points. There's something for everyone.
2: So second question from Andre Cruz, what made you guys decide to use actual hammers for your hammer bot?
1: I am um, so I had just been, I've been like I had a a design that I kind of mocked up and I was going to have send, cut, send, cut the actual hammers, too. I had them cut the flywheel um, out of titanium and these like, you know, these little tiny uh, arms that that were made out of spring steel. Uh, And I was going to have them actually do some kind of hammer shape thing. But I was just like, you know what? I don't know if this weapon's going to work, so I'm not going to like have a whole bunch of expensive stuff cut out. So I I found, uh, you know, through PNT Surplus, just a whole bunch of rock hammers. And they were really interesting because there was a broadside that came to a sharp point at one end. And I was just thinking, like, oh, well, this makes sense. Like, this thing could either hammer or I could turn these weapons around. And, uh, you know, now I have a stabby weapon. I have, you know, different configurations that I could run. Then I think about, well, if the flywheel just goes in reverse, it's going to hit with the other side of the hammer. So we started sharpening. You know the blades on the on the back of the hammer, and so depending on if we were in forward or if we were in reverse, we have two entirely different weapons. We have a we have a hammer yeater and we have a, you know a razor sharp pick yeah. as a stabbing weapon.
2: Um, and then finally, this isn't a question. Uh, Andrew Andre just wants to give you mad props for actually building up a uh, building a robot. Hella mad props. Awesome, thanks. Um, so here's a design inspiration question from Andrew Lynch, who wants to know. Were there any other historical tools that you came across that would be effective combat robot weapons?
1: I, yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I even talked with some some people um, about some other uh, some other components that might work. I, I think there there is a specific tool in mind that um, I think is going to factor into our locomotion, but that is going to remain a secret until the next time Darkseid competes.
4: Oh my God! Chris. He's talking about a butter churn. It's a butter churn. He's talking about the butter churn.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could go really historical and just go with, you know, like uh, consumption, the Black Death,
4: <laughs> give the entire place the plague.
1: Our next weapon is a is a is a is a shield wall, um, a Spartan shield wall. So we
4: yes. just need three hundred. Yes, bodies. I um, like this.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a phalanx. The, the The next the next weapon is a phalanx. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Justin hunter asks what advice would you give any first-time builders slash competitors obviously you've already told us that they should build a 30. well
1: yeah I think i think that's yeah I think that's you know my my whole point about finding an entry point that's right for you but you know i've asked so many builders and everything this that like my perspective is skewed so i'll throw this over to jackson jackson what advice would you give first-time builders and competitors well
6: i've always wanted to do a robot but i I never executed with any plans I made, but after doing normal, after competing, after that first match, all the fear of doing it was completely gone. I realized that as long as I understand what's going on, it's incredibly simple and just you think that you need this incredible, complicated frame and parts, you could go down to a hardware store, get a sheet of metal, cut it into four square parts, bolt it together, put a bottom on the top on, put insides on it, and you got a robot.
0: All right, Jackson, I have to ask, do you think that you're gonna compete at Norwalk next year?
6: Um, I, I've had some ideas circling through my brain. Um, of course, it is complicated and unconventional in our family style. But I do know it is going to be a 12-pound sportsman. Um, will it be ready in February? Most likely not. But it will be ready at some point, And sometime next year, my 12-year-old will be there.
0: That's amazing. Wow. Okay, cool. I'm really stoked about that. I'm really stoked about that.
5: that you know, a 14-year-old who was nervous, I could speak as his father, about doing anything to do with this this thing, right? Until Chris kind of came along, and like we said, sometimes you need somebody to just be like, "You're you're gonna do this," and you don't have an option. Um, but the, the the bring everything full circle. It Saturday, I almost felt like um, we we were such a um, an entertaining force that. I almost felt a little bit bad that we walked on the scene, new to it all, not nearly skilled like the rest of the room is. And, um, you know, there was a lot of, like, attention put towards us and this and that. But, you know, I slowly realized that, like, well, we, we did bring in a strange-looking, different bot. And, um, you know, you guys on your, your um, commentary were, because you know
2: us, right? We're, we're friends, we're family. You're going to talk about We were We were putting you guys over pretty yeah. hard. In fact, the chat got a, got a little annoyed with us for putting so, you guys so I over. Gotta,
5: I want to speak to that because I think it's very important. It's like, um, you know what? If there's anything we can leave with this, it's that if we can do this, anybody can. And if we got a little bit of extra attention that day, well, I I want everybody out there who hasn't done this yet or is afraid to do it. To know that, like we're no different than everyone is, and um, if that little bit of attention came was because we did not study this for eight years and and finally built something that was you knew was gonna, we just was just thrown together out of the box. Like maybe we deserve some of that to attract some other people like us. Agreed. Moving forward, And if the rest of those skilled builders whoop up on all us newbies, well, so be it. And that'll make it even that much better for for everybody involved. But if we could do it, you could do it. I, I promise you that. And it will just make it better and
4: better and better for everyone. I think, too, the focus isn't always the robot. And I think just, just being there shows that the, the builders are the focus. When you know just watching Jackson go around looking, he's not looking to see the robot. He wants to meet the minds behind that. And you know if you can, you know, you guys brought a little bit of that wrestling personality to it. And just Kyle, just to say, I don't know what you're talking about with favoritism. I listened to Luke's commentary. I don't think he said one nice thing about us. So I don't know what you, I don't know what, I don't know what the crowd was talking about on the chat board. Goodness gracious, I had ten hours of a uh, dark horse, ba- or, you know, dark side bashing in my book. <laughs>
5: <laughs> My child, Robot, was referred to as a lumbering pile of plastic by Luke. If I remember Did right. He, yeah. he said that <laughs> to anybody. Imagine he said that to Ray
4: Billingsbot <laughs> <Bot at> that day. <laughs> a lumbering pile of plastic. When that thing didn't turn on at the last match, I remember Luke going, Oh, looks like the Catrones want to go home. Right. How about
1: remember when you when you made fun of our, our our turning ability and said that there was a it was a seventeen point
5: turn? <laughs> it was it was sixteen, Lou. You were being harsh. And and that's that's what
1: that's with eight wheels, so it was only like two points per wheel.
0: Listen, I I had no idea that you were actually listening to anything that I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> be a bit nicer as a commentator on the stream i just say whatever i'm thinking about
4: nope (laughs) makes it better makes it a lot better
1: i i had so much fun leaning into this thing of being like a lovable heel like like even just kind of messing around and playing with with you johnny at at the table where like Oh, the pit cams on us. Well, let's like pretend like like I'm screaming at you, and that you're like you know kind of churning away on the bot. And Jackson wanders into the picture like he's lost. Dave's just kind of standing there and like giving a you know a, a Top Gun thumbs up. You know it, it it was just like I I don't want to say like we were mascots or something for for just kind of like you know have helping everyone else have a little bit more fun in a really stressful day but there was an element of that and i loved every second of it but the fact that then we also had a working bot um and you know that that was just it was perfection it
2: was it was it was there's just no words a working bot that won a fight by the way
3: like legitimately knocked out a fully functional like real bot you know
2: yeah that
1: that was it was a beautiful lifter bot and there was a titanium front plate. And those, you know, I talked to some of the kids there from from Northwestern and they were so cool. Um, and I and I do hope that they come back and, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure um, that they had they had their obstacles with some of their wiring and stuff. Uh, but, you know, it's it, 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 it still it's still a, it's still a fight. And somehow we eat that out and we and we won with it with a knockout. And that's indescribable. Yeah.
2: All right, I'm going to hand it over to Lindsay.
3: All right. So uh, Tom Farkas, formerly our favorite mail carrier from Cooperstown, but now our favorite pharmacy technician from Cooperstown wants to know, uh, well, maybe you talked a little bit about this, but if you want to go into a little bit more detail, what kind of upgrades do you have planned for the December finals or February, whichever, you know, whichever happens um, at Norwalk Havoc?
1: Tom, uh, Tom, thanks for the, thanks for the question. Uh, congratulations on your new role as a pharmacy tech. We are all covered in titanium cuts. So if you have anything that you could recommend, uh, to, you know, to, to help out here, that's, that's, that's a huge, um, that's, that'd be a huge help. Uh, you know, we, we, we had, like I said, we had kicked around some ideas the next morning during our debrief over, uh, absolutely delicious breakfast at Valencia. Which is um, I don't know what about ten minutes or so from the Norwalk Havoc place, really great coffee. Huge shout out to Valencia. Um, yeah, get get the uh, get the empanadas and and get the uh, the corned beef hash. Oh,
6: amazing! Uh,
5: mm-hmm.
1: And they are they are now sponsoring Dark Side Two, which is very exciting.
5: So the first thing we discussed was how about our next robot, our um, remote controls are charged. Right. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, so I you know, I mentioned that we're gonna explore some alternatives to wheels. And um uh, you know, that's some of the th- ideas that we're kicking around. And we 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 know some of the improvements that we need to make to the overall reliability and, and durability. We still want to use some of the components that we have from our sponsors. Uh, you know, and we're we're just gonna keep evolving this thing until it is um uh it 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 breaks the mold so hard that you know, they, uh, they, they either shun us and like forbid us from ever entering the building again um, or we scale this thing to 250 pounds.
0: Right? I do want to say one thing. Um, I, I will not reveal what, what, what you're thinking of, but um, I have always been honest with you, Chris, about all of your kind of design choices. And uh, when I saw this new idea for this unconventional locomotion, I genuinely was excited, and I think it's amazing, and I cannot wait to see it. Um, and I I can't wait for you to pull this off. I think it's going to be so cool. Um, so, yes, uh, I'm stoked. Did,
5: did Luke see the uh, Lego version yet?
4: You're letting out the secrets.
1: Uh, no, I, I, I have, <laughs> we, we prototype in
5: Legos. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, It's true. We can. Legos are a great way to prototype your bot. For people out
4: there, try it there. There's two don't expensive to scale, though. If you bought a Lego bot, in, it'd be the most expensive bot out there.
2: <laughs>
3: uh, um, so, serious question from Tom What percentage of the weight was Gorilla
1: Tape? I would say that it was one part Gorilla Tape, one part Red Duct Tape from 1973, a roll that we bought at PT Surplus. <laughs>
5: off a shelf with about a quarter inch of dust on it. Which is important because if you let duct tape dry out for 20 years, it weighs almost nothing. (laughs) It also doesn't stick to anything.
1: (laughs) You end up having to tie it like rope.
6: (laughs) I just remembered when we're in between some of the matches and we go, how about we just quick do some." duct tape around the, the certain joints that way stronger and we go to grab the grill tape and it does that thing where we realize up oh, the rolls all gone and now we just have cardboard so we put that down and we're looking for like scotch tape or something and i just grab that red duct tape and i start wrapping it around the joints And I had to go around one like eight
5: or nine times. And that's when we were like, you know what? That red looks beautiful. Maybe we should go with this.
6: Let's cover the entire thing in Red Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile,
1: I'm at the the desk and I have absolutely no idea that this much taping (laughs) is going on. None. (laughs) There was a lot of. I, you know, we we that that bot comes out for its next fight, and it is covered in stickers. It is covered in tape. It is covered in now working LEDs. It's got everything except a remote control that has a charge. Sponsored
4: by Golden Corral at that time too. (laughs) That's true. All
3: right. Um. Someone other than Chris. Also, we kind of touched on this, but maybe there's something else we can add. Uh, what have you learned that you can pass on to first time builders?
4: This is for Jackson for sure. Yeah,
0: okay.
5: Should our 14 year old
6: answer? Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I, I actually have a few things for this. Okay. <laughs> the first thing is when you get there, you got to get everything laid out, but you got to condense it all into at least two tables. But make sure you got the right stuff. The second thing is remember that first night in the morning of the main day. That's the only time when the snacks and the drinks are out, so you got to get that fast. <laughs> and if you don't, you're gonna know, be starving all day until you eat nachos at midnight while watching everything going down.
5: It sounds funny, but look, your guys' day was even longer than ours. But for a builder, you're pro- you're there when the doors open, and if you advance on, you're there till the end. And and we figured out that that could be what sixteen. 18 hours, right? Yeah. So it, 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 there is part of a, like, you're drinking liquids. You know, Dave's eating yeah. too many sour cream Pringles. He's going to be done in the afternoon. You know, are you going, like, you got to, like, figure out your, your, your bathroom breaks. It's like time management is important. And how do you keep yourself sane and awake throughout the whole thing is important. Yeah, I mean, you
1: you might throughout the day have let's say five fights or six fights, right? It's not just a war of attrition of like your bots breaking motors and your wires getting cut, and you have to fix this and fix that. Like you're also a machine that runs for 16 hours, and like by one o'clock in the morning, you need to be still ready to go, because like you could go from you know a a devastating you know uh, you know a, a pirate victory where your your bot is. It wins, but, like, maybe it's almost nearly destroyed. And you have 20 minutes now to put it back together. But, like, if you haven't been taking care of yourself all day, I don't know how you're going to do it. Because you have you might have to be sprinting back and forth between your table and the workshop, and you might have to be cutting titanium with the wrong bit. And you might, like, you know, have to navigate around tables just covered in nachos and, and empty uh, bags of uh, Pringles. So...
3: All right, so we have um, a handful of like pretty fun questions here from some different listeners, so let's like speed round this, maybe. Um, Alexander Archer wants to know, will Darkseid compete in a future season of BattleBots? Can you envision a 250-pound Darkseid in your future?
1: Nobody can envision a 250-pound Darkseid, because it would... You're talking about the love child of huge mammoth and deep six, um, all with a little extra flair. Uh, but if you're out there and you have tons of disposable cash and you want to see the biggest, most ridiculous bot ever at BattleBots, yeah, feel free. Join our sponsors, and we'll 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 get there. We've tested the weapon; the weapon works. Now we got some other things that we need to invent, and then if we can if we can prove some other You know, things viable, we're going to have something, you know, ridiculous that could scale to 250 pounds.
5: I think the biggest obstacle for us reaching that platform is that they would probably have to uh, reconfigure their cage and double up the glass, the ceiling, and the floor. (laughs) Because it's dangerous for And and the food trucks. And double up the food trucks. We're
6: (laughs) coming. We're coming. uh, And
1: we're bringing the Golden
6: Corral lady. Yeah, gonna- <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give her a robot. <laughs> She's she, 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 <laughs> a now. We gotta, we gotta get Sticker, That's gonna be the next wave of stickers. We'll put, that lady,
5: we will put her, her inside her
4: the next dark side. <laughs> her essence. She only is weighs in. eighty-two pounds. She'll so fit.
1: <gasps> she powers the bot.
3: Uh, Dave, Johnny, uh, this is a question from Ben Hay. What surprised you most about your first event?
4: I've said a lot about that, so let, I'll let Johnny take this one.
5: The fact that our captain was also the the one of the commentary team, and um, he would have to run back and forth between these 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 two jobs, and um, maybe had enough confidence in us, maybe had no other choice. I don't know, but yet we <laughs> had, all of a sudden were thrust into a. A system along with uh, our cousin Jason, who uh, was awesome, but wasn't able to stay the whole day. Um, And then uh, me, Dave, and Jackson found ourselves kind of alone, but just kept powering through. And um, that, that, that to me was something I didn't think about, that we would put more work in the day of the competition than we actually, I think, did. Leading up to it and building the... I mean, it took us six weeks to build Darkseid. It took us four hours to build it again after that first match.
3: What a good point. What a good point. Um, all right. So, Curtis Honeycutt, who hosts the Word Nerd podcast and authored the excellent book, Good Grammar is the Life of the Party, uh, he wants to know... and. Uh, this is specifically I think for Chris Um, do your fellow behind the bots co-hosts ever get upset with you because you're both the funny one and the good looking one
1: Uh, no they get upset with me because I'm also the smart and muscly one
0: (laughs) I love this because we can see on the video that Kyle's dead eyes just didn't even change all right (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's just it's just that no one makes me cringe as effectively as Chris he's just so so skilled at hitting that right level of pun where my face just cringes so hard every time and you know what while we're here I am going to throw this out there Chris was offered multiple times to not have to announce on that day multiple times. But you know what, he said, no, 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 no. My family's got this. They'll handle the pits. It's fine. I know they're
4: all He made the wrong
2: call.
5: (laughs) (laughs) He made the right call, but it was more like, (laughs) I'm not doing that crap. I want to be in here with you guys sitting on a throne. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> those chairs are not comfortable we are just gonna throw that out right away he told me jackson and dave i know you
5: guys got this but kyle and luke they're lost without me. <laughs> so, i'm needed where i'm needed and we understood i mean that
2: that is likely, that
5: is accurate. That is so
0: fair. Oh, my God.
5: <laughs> the kid was working security that day. I bought a pepperoni pizza from the, the brick oven truck. Chris handed it to me out of the window, right? He's over there making tacos on the other one. I bought two T-shirts for him and a sticker later in the day. It was, like, everywhere, we valley parked our car, which we still haven't gotten back. <laughs> <laughs> Just ghost like wallet.
4: Towels in the bathroom. It was, a, it was great.
2: Mm. I will say the few times I was back at the pits watching like, you know, everybody interacting and whatnot, it was amazing The the decibel difference between your table and literally everyone else's. Right? You have like this... This entire giant room of like nerdy, like MIT and like you know WPI, like very thoughtful engineering types, and then there's you guys, and it was just like, hey, you doing the thing? I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. Get me the Come tank. On. Tank's not sticking. <laughs> hey, hey, Johnny, get over here. You gotta
5: glue these tires on. You know what? <laughs> that's fair. And just so everybody knows, like that's not on purpose. Like, right? Like, like that. That that is just yeah. who we, I guess, are, and and I, 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 it, we're not trying to be louder or funnier or like, you know, I'm, I'm like <laughs> more more good looking, more charming. We, we
1: grew up in a family. We grew up in a family where if you weren't really loud, you didn't get fed. <laughs> if you didn't call part of a six foot stub for yourself,
4: you didn't eat. <laughs> You most likely lost a finger
6: (laughs) When we were at the event at our table Did I mean to accidentally steal the hot glue gun and Glue our robot down to that table No, did it happen? Yes it did But we we can't change
5: it It was awful, it was like Chris was like, you didn't use any loctite on the wheel Alright, well guess what By the next fight the table was covered in red Loctite. Like it looked like Dave sliced his hand open again and there was blood everywhere. <laughs> People were not covering, they were not offering like advice on the LEDs. Like, you guys want a band aid or like anything else? There's like bloody paper towels everywhere. We're like, no, dude, it's just Loctite. Everywhere. It looked like blood. Oh, by the way, red Loctite, when you got to fix the wheels. Um, you can't get the screws out, or you can't even get the wheels off the axle. It's bonded and seized to it like you welded it. A little course. little word. Somebody wants advice for a rookie builder.
6: Yeah.
5: Of course, can't get them off. The wheels did come off, but they didn't come off the axle.
6: The entire motor motor housing. N-Wires just all came out
4: with one shot. It's truly amazing that we couldn't yank those things off with a pair of pliers, but as soon as Chris, Chris pushes forward on that remote, they fall right off. It's amazing. <laughs> Pop! Pop!
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. All right. Uh, we have all right, two, two last questions here. One is from Ryan Hunter, who wants to know, when you win the Golden Dumpster in December... What will you do with all that money? Nachos.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, that's a great question. So if- Nachos. Team, uh, when, we, when we win, win $15,000 in December uh, by taking out the uh, that, that incredible lineup of the most talented builders in the entire community, what would you like to do with $15,000?
5: So it's ironic because Chris's nickname in high school was the golden dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't care about the money. If we win this thing, it, it's just the full full circle, right? It's but, because
0: I,
1: I used to rifle around the dumpster behind Golden Corral.
5: <laughs> Where is she?
4: Poor Eartha Mag. Here,
5: here, here's what's great about the sport. Here's what's great about the sport. Seriously, in my opinion, any. Any money's won in any way. I I personally feel we would have to use one hundred percent of it towards doing more yeah. at Norwalk Havoc. Mm. So it would go in my vote right back into either our bot or paying back the fifty two people that loaned us parts <laughs> Saturday <laughs> to keep us going. Whatever it might be, but it would go right back into that thing because that's the only thing that feels like the right move. One thing I, w- I would like to do is I would certainly
1: consider taking some of that and investing that money towards another team of kids or, or people that want to try and j- just like give them the runway to be able to do it and drag them there and make them do it the same way that like – we were all kind of thrust into this and whatever's left over, will go to putting investing in Loctite and table side guacamole.
4: I'm going to be honest. You guys are all full of it. We all know if we win that money come March, me, Jackson, Johnny, and Chris are going to be on the galactic star cruiser and Walt Disney world, living it up in the captain's cabin. Let's be blunt about this. <laughs> it's a trap.
3: <laughs> uh, actually, that's a good segue to our last question from Ryan Everyone knows there can only be two Siths. Is your
1: bot the Sith Lord or the Sith Apprentice? Our, no, it's it's actually not true. Uh, there's a Sith intern, and and that is what Darkseid is. <laughs> Sith
3: Waterboy. All right, well, let's wrap up this interview with a message, Chris, from your mom, Deb. Mm. Hello, Deb. She says, good job, Chris, and I imagine intern team. Uh, You did amazing for your first time competing. Congrats to your support team also. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Deb. That's
5: it, Deb. Thanks, Deb.
3: Well, team, it is always a pleasure talking to you, but specifically now on this topic that everybody is so passionate about and I hope also is inspirational on some level just because, you know, it's a ragtag crew who yeah. brought it together and he got a, a legitimate win and he learned a lot along the way. And so I can't thank you enough for being here and, and sharing this experience with us. So Chris, Dave, Johnny, Jackson.
1: Or, we- you know, one thing that I know that we never discussed yet and it's going to happen right now, right here for the first time. We have a bot called Darkside, but what is our team name?
5: Mm. Golden Corral.
6: Mm. I-, I thought Team Bob makes a cheesesteak. was pretty sour good. cream and onions. Team
1: cheesesteak, Team cheesesteaks is actually pretty good, Jackson. I like it.
3: If you get like sponsored by Geno's or you whatever, can't, you
1: can't bankrupt your own sponsor, Dave. <laughs> 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 this was uh, this was so much fun. I I I love you all to death. Um, and the fact that you get to you know join you know uh this this podcast and. And we just get to hang out for uh, a couple hours and talk about how much fun we had and, you know, where we could go from here and, and what else, you know, is on the horizon. I, This was probably the most fun interview I've ever had. So, thank you.
5: Most fun weekend. It was better than if I j- took Jackson to Disney World, which he hasn't been yet. And that would have cost <laughs> a lot
4: of money. $15,000. Mm-hmm. $15,000 <laughs> $15, to be exact. This just
5: caused uh, <laughs> a lot of pain. And uh... Chris, remember... I taught you everything you know, but I'm yet to teach you everything I know. <laughs> but we'll
4: get there.
6: Hashtag Dark Side December. December. Hashtag
4: Dark Side December. If Woo. Norwalk Havoc wants butts in the seats, Dark Side better be in that arena. Uh, we'll be there either way. Either we're pray, invited
5: or we Pray not. we don't alter your butt any further. <laughs> <laughs> we could do this the easy way or the really easy way. <laughs> You're going to be in the middle
6: of the finals and all of a sudden the lights are going to go out. And all of a sudden Dark Side is going to come up from the floor of the box with those red LEDs glowing bright and
1: just start tearing things apart.
5: The other two I boxes to, are dead.
1: Kyle, I need you to start getting to work on that, on that pneumatic lift immediately.
5: <laughs> First, we build the lift. Awesome, awesome, awesome experience. I recommend it to anybody out there that's got anything inside that wants to try something new and has a little bit of a sense of adventure. Just just go for it. You will
4: not regret it. I promise this is, you. This is the most accepting com- you know, community of people in any sport you will see. You'll walk in that door. You'll have a family of friends willing to help, and you will not see that in any other type of organization. It's amazing. Totally. And,
1: again, a big, huge shout-out to that family that joined in and helped us, the, uh, Casey and Casey Jermiasin, uh, and congrats to your bot, uh, Rip and Tear, for qualifying for the finals. Uh, Brendan Steele uh, from from Ramplan. without you, we wouldn't have uh, gotten our motors working. Uh, uh, henchman Josh from NHRL, uh, thank you for all of your speed controller knowledge and, you know, your crew there. And then huge, huge, huge shout-out to Seth Shaver. Check him out, Just Cause Robotics. He makes awesome content on on YouTube, Uh, you know, track him down. He's one of the best of the best. And we couldn't have had, uh, you know, someone better to, to learn under. So thank you, Seth. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World.
3: Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're traveling to Twitter, where a roboticist named Kaiser claims they've built the world's smallest robot powered by Raspberry Pi. The robot, named Dot, was built using Raspberry Pi's tiny 2040 chip, which is about the size of a postage stamp. The robot is powered by a miniature LiPo battery and weighs a little bit over three grams. In a video posted to Twitter, Kaiser showed Dot pushing a double A-sized battery around on a tabletop. The builder says they plan to publish more details about the build soon. So this sounds very wholesome. Not like our typical robot content that we have here. I like the sound of Dot.
2: Yeah, teeny tiny robots that can crawl inside of your body
0: and do nefarious things aren't scary at all. Wait, you have postage size stamp things crawling into your body, Kyle? <laughs>
2: Hey, I'm just saying, Lindsay's all like, there's no nefarious purpose for this robot. There might be, Lens. There might be.
0: You know?
3: There's always a nefarious purpose, if you try hard enough.
0: Kyle, so. here's the thing. All right, this is the smallest robot that's powered by a Raspberry Pi. It's not the smallest robot ever. They've already made smaller robots than postage stamps. Very true. So who knows? We could be...
3: And they're in the (laughs) vaccines.
0: Right. Right. That's how I'm getting such great 5G coverage, Kyle. Yeah, that's that's what did it. Um, Yeah.
1: If they wanted to make it easier on themselves, they should have used Funfetti instead of Raspberry Pi, because then it would be a piece of cake.
2: Oh, my God. Chris... So when do we weaponize these things and create a new weight class, the super mega pixie weight class of robot fighting? Mm.
0: Ooh. I feel like you'd have to shoot that through like a, uh, <laughs> through like a, 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 you know, magnifying glass or something. I mean, oh, the yeah. action would be so tiny. I would love to see it. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder what kind of weapons we could put on something that's four grams or less.
1: I could I could picture how exciting it would be to be one of the two people standing around the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about it for us today. We'll be back in your feed next Wednesday with another mystery guest. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for the Norwalk Havoc finals in December. And, uh, you know, for the exciting return of BattleBots, which has been announced for early January. January 6th, I believe. Tentatively.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. That did make the news. Huh, I forgot that one. That's great. Well, it just <laughs> did. Uh, yeah, the end of like a two more episode. Oh, we'll see ya. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Hashtag Darkside December.